in my point of view, a great example on how you can uh, limit the uh, the risks with uh, with tobacco and nicotine because we've been snoozing for a, a very long time. Which, if you see the data, you see that there's uh, very few um, health risks related to that, and you can tell that it's much worse to to smoke cigarettes, of course. And uh, this has helped Sweden to stand out in an international context in regards of the uh, health effects of different products uh, regarding this. Hello, world. Welcome to the Vaping Unplugged podcast. Everything you need to know about vaping and tobacco harm reduction. Hello and welcome back to Vaping Unplugged. This is the World Vapors Alliance podcast where we talk harm reduction, vaping, pouches, news, activism and of course politics. Um, And therefore, I'm very happy to welcome a special guest today with us. We are joined by Tobias Anderson, who is a Swedish member of parliament. And today we will find out about his positions on harm reduction, what's currently going on in Sweden and what we can expect from Sweden on the international level. Welcome, Tobias. Thank you for joining us. How are you doing? Thank you so much. I'm doing really well, actually. That's great. And thank you so much already for for your time, um, for taking that to talking to us out of your busy schedule. Um, I would suggest let's start with the very basics. Um, Maybe you introduce us a little bit um, what position your party has in current in the current government or in, in facilitating government activities. Because for outsiders, sometimes that might be a little bit confusing when when people are not used to coalition and minority governments? Well, so Sweden has eight parties in the national parliament, which uh, in that sense differs a bit from, let's say, the UK or the USA. So there's eight different parties and we had an election last autumn in which we changed the government. So we went from a socialist government to a government with liberals and conservatives and what some might say outside of Sweden centrists. But uh, my party is a conservative party, socially conservative party. And we've always been in favor of harm reduction in regards of the topics that are relevant to your listeners. And we, even when we were in opposition during the last term and we had issues on this matter, uh, the oppositional parties at that point that are now in government together uh, always stressed for harm reductions, which uh, the, the socialists were quite quite fond of, you know, seeing old tobacco products as the same and as harmful and as addictive. And we tried to change that policy. And now we have a new government in place, uh, consisting of my party and three others, in which we're stressing for harm reduction. And one way that we're doing that, and that might got some international attention, is that we're shifting the taxes based on on cigarettes and snooze, in which we're raising the taxes on cigarettes and uh, lowering the taxes on snooze, which will happen within a year or so. And it will make, hopefully, um, a difference in terms of what the customers will choose to, to use. Yeah, that was that was amazing news for us because that's exactly what we always advocating for risk based taxation to uh, tax the more harmful product more than the less harmful product, which should be kind of obvious, but unfortunately it's not. Um, But let's start with what you mentioned, because with the previous governments, that was when we got first involved in the Swedish policy debate, because we were a bit shocked when this um, flavor ban was suddenly on the table and Sweden was about to become to get a flavor ban um, for vaping, but I also think for nicotine pouches. 
Um, how did, where did that come from? And, and um, from a policy perspective, how do you think you managed to, to avoid it? Well, I would say that there's certain politicians who want to make their life easy by just uh, combining all and everything that's similar and try to regulate it in the same way. So I suppose the uh, where it came from is probably a point of view in which you see, well, you consider nicotine and tobacco to be bad, and then you consider them to be equally ba bad, no matter how you consume them or how addictive or how harmful they are. And if that's your viewpoint, I mean, then it's easy to just regulate everything and to limit uh, customer choice and so on. And I think that's that's where it came from. And perhaps you, then they they haven't been able to realize, well, uh, perhaps it's better to, to use a flavorful product. Uh, pounch or, or snooze as we say in Sweden uh, without tobacco instead of, of having a cigarette um, and they're just trying to regulate it in the same way because they consider it to be equally bad for, for your health and uh, perhaps they haven't been able to, to uh, get the data points right or haven't been able to understand the debate that has been going on for, for decades actually proving the point that um, different products are different harmful and has a different addictive to it. Yeah, I think that's that's not um, just a Swedish case. We see that a lot that sometimes I have the feeling that regulators uh, lose sight of the actual goal, which is reducing harm from cigarettes. And mm. um, obviously not every smoker is able to just quit. And then that's why they need alternatives. And that can be the pouches and gums. But unfortunately, they don't work for many people. So the more alternatives we have, the better it is. And obviously flavors are a, a key component. Um, but uh, inside of this of this background, or, or um, after this debate, how how do it, did the Swedish population and also the other parties react to the tax cut on snooze? Because um, that's quite a shift in in public health policy. It is, and honestly, I mean, Sweden is, in my point of view, a great example on how you can. Uh, limit the uh, the risks with uh, with tobacco and nicotine because we've been snoozing for a, a very long time which if you see the data you see that there's uh, very few um, health risks related to that and you can tell that it's much worse to to smoke cigarettes of course and uh, this has helped Sweden to stand out in an international context in regards of the uh, health effects of different products uh, regarding this so uh, many Swedes snooze it's quite rare to use uh, regular cigarettes other, uh, at other times than when you're perhaps partying or so on. But uh, cigarettes aren't really common. It's not really socially accepted in the way that snooze is or, or vaping is becoming uh, to that sense. So, of course, there's more people that are using snooze as a tobacco product the, or nicotine product instead of, of cigarettes. So when we put forward this tax regulating um, proposal, that was uh, a massive success in the sense that people uh, realize that that makes sense for them. And even if they don't mind the health risk or so, but they're still snooze consumers, so they they'll still approve of it, even though they perhaps never thought about cigarettes, never smoked a cigarette, never were interested in cigarettes. They still see that their uh, their snooze will be cheaper and they appreciate that, of course. Yeah, and I think Sweden is is the perfect example that it's, it's not nicotine per se, which is the problem, but the way how to consume it, because mm -hmm. um, the average nicotine consumption in Sweden is, as, is the same as the average in, in the EU, but the cancer rates are way lower. So... Yeah. 
um, it's quite obvious that that it has something to do with the way of consuming it. Um, and we as World Vapors Alliance, we actually did a big campaign as well for celebrating Sweden for the approach and almost becoming um, smoke-free now. And I hope um, soon yeah. the new numbers will come out in Sweden will become smoke-free with a, a lower smoking rate than 5%, um, which shows that harm reduction works. And if you give people alternatives, they will transition voluntarily away um, from cigarettes. And um, now it's just this week we had the news from the UK, which normally is very progressive when it comes to vaping. But now they turned into the prohibitionist area as well, where they say the general generational smoking ban should be implemented implemented instead of giving people option and then they will choose for themselves what's better. So it's um, a bit bad. And unfortunately, we see a similar thing in the EU. EU. Charlie Weimers actually broke the, the story this week that the EU Commission is um, considering a nicotine pouch ban and that would obviously affect Sweden as well, because they consider this news exemption only for tobacco's news for Sweden. So if they would ban it, it would be banned in the whole EU, including Sweden. Mm. Um, what do you think about that? And do you think or can we hope that the Swedish um, government will push back on, on a blatant ban like this? Well, it sure does sound like the EU um, uh, trying to regulate everything, trying to uh, to limit people's uh, choices in a way that's unhealthy for the union and our cooperation between our different member states. And of course, Sweden has the exception already with tobacco pouches, uh, the classical snooze. And that's something that my party has been pushing uh, before you got the nicotine pouches, the white pouches. Long before that, we said, well, you know what, let's look at the data. Let's tell everyone that Sweden is doing much better in terms of, of cancer and so on, uh, thanks to snus. And let's push that to the EU and get rid of the ban on snus in the entire EU. Before that happened, of course, we got uh, the nicotine pouches and that has gone all across the EU and, and vaping, of course, has come along with that. Uh, so now the, the Swedish... Um, permit on tobacco snus isn't perhaps as relevant uh, to push to all of the EU because now we have a, a better product for many people to just uh, use the white uh, pouches instead. So it makes sense to to keep that and perhaps not push as hard to uh, to get rid of this general snus ban that has been in, in place for a long time. And uh, coming from that point of view, I'm, I'm thinking that all the Listeners understand that my party um, do not appreciate these kind of, of talks about actually banning uh, pouches in, within the EU and, and trying to regulate something that doesn't need to be regulated in that way. Uh, and that's an issue. I, I mean, it's still rumors at this point, I suppose. Uh, but and I haven't seen a, a complete product on how to do it or when to do it or so on. But that's something that we will need to keep an eye on and make sure that the EU doesn't try to uh, to make that happen. Yeah, and um, I think it's always always a little bit. Um, I, first of all, I agree with you that reversing bad regulations is always hard and. Um, uh, kind of a lost cause uh, most yeah. of the time. So I think the, the main focus should be to make ensure that good regulation for other products are, are there. 
Um, and for me, it's always kind of weird and a little bit typical EU that we talk already about bans for nicotine yeah. pouches, while a lot of member states don't even have bans to sell it to minors. So there it's completely legal to sell to 15 year olds. So we always are it, way ahead in we, the regulatory cycle. No, you're right. And I, I think it also it's worth mentioning that it's the producers of these products that has reached uh, gentlemen's agreements in regards of, of uh, regulating their products by themselves uh, and to, when I speak to different companies uh, within the market of, of nicotine pouches or so they do believe it would be a good thing if the EU put forward a common regulation regards to you know who to sell it to perhaps some of the um, ingredients within it and so on and make sure that there's a common ground to stand on uh, like we do with most things within the internal market of the EU so even the producers and, and so on think that that makes sense. But trying to regulate it this hard or trying to ban it, ban it entirely is stupidity in its simplest form. So, I mean, everyone is in favor of actually making sure that there's a good regulation in regards to these products, but not banning it. That's something completely else. And that's something that we need to push back on. Yeah, and that's always this, this misconception, I think, um, that... Um, companies, but also consumers and activists, nobody is advocating that kids should use those kind of products. Nope. Obviously, we need to do everything that nobody starts um, consuming nicotine anyway if they are not already smokers. Um, yeah. That's I think that's common sense for everyone. So I think the debate should more be about how to ensure this and how to enforce um, existing laws because when it comes to vaping, it's illegal for young people to vape and it doesn't mm -hmm. matter if it's disposable or not. But nobody's talking about that. Everyone is talking about banning stuff for adults as well, which is um, be beside the actual problem, I think. Uh, and yeah. hurts adults as well who want to transition away from, from smoking. Um, and speaking of that, I think there is there is one big challenge coming ahead for, for the whole world, actually, when it comes to COP10, where... Um, all members uh, of the FCTC come together and discuss new regulations for nic nicotine products. This time it won't be about cigarettes, which already is a telling sign that it will be only about alternatives, or almost only about mm -hmm. alternatives. And the EU is um, currently trying to find a common position because they will go with uh, one vote, one, one position in there. Um, and obviously there we have the same talks. It's always about flavor bands, how to deal with nicotine pouches. Um, and how do you think will, will Sweden pos position itself there? From, as an outsider, I always have the feeling Sweden tries to a little bit avoid conflict on the EU level. But I think in this case, it's unavoidable because otherwise we will end up with some bans or, or unnecessary regulations. Yeah, and of course, I would uh, be in favor of uh, my government having the same position that I kind of argued for here during this interview on, on different topics. Um, but I think the issue is that the transparency of these meetings uh, that has been and the transparency in, um, in before this uh, 10th meeting is very limited. It's hard to know who represents who. It's hard to know uh, where the standpoint is actually where does the decision happen in which determines the position of different countries or or the EU and so on? And I think this has been one of the 
arguments against these meetings that you know who actually makes these decisions how are they made who makes them how do you how do we know what's going on and who in this sense it, it's not even clear who will represent sweden um is it the minister of health is there someone else that's that's still when i talk to people within the field they still don't know exactly who that will be in charge of, of sweden's uh, stand uh, in this matter and, and that's an issue you know and um, given the fact that Sweden is trying to uh, to focus on harm reduction I do hope that the minister that does go uh, is in favor of that as well and I do hope that Swedish government is pushing that in the negotiations or the talks with other EU member states of course but even as a as a part of the Swedish government, I do not know how these decisions will be made or who will represent us. And th isn't that completely crazy? I mean, this lack of transparency is a huge problem because then suddenly out of nowhere, we end up with policies which are actually contrary to the national strategy of many countries. Um, the UK will face similar issues and other more open countries to, to harm reduction. Um, We'll, we'll need to battle and fight back because I think this intransparency also leads to shady deals. And in the, in the past, um, those countries who are more in favor kind of ignored the outcome of, of mm. COP. But at some point, that's not possible anymore because then the EU institutions will start pressuring to implement those rules and the, the anti-nicotine activists will start. So I think this COP will be very crucial because it will deal with all the alternative products. And obviously, as I said, we hope that Sweden will be one of the, of the voices of reason. Um, and um, maybe to, to end on a, on a more positive note, because on the, on the local or national level in Sweden, we see that change is possible. Um, how do you see the future of those kind of products? And is there, is there a chance that finally the rest of the EU and hopefully even the world will recognize the Swedish success story? And if so, what can we as activists do to, to share this story? Well, honestly, I very rarely put my trust in the EU or its institutions. I, uh, they've let me and others down way too many times for me to, to trust the EU to actually reach a common ground on this uh, or, or actually uh, reach a logical conclusion. So I'm always afraid of what the EU is, is cooking up, you know. Uh, but uh, from a Swedish point of view, we will continue to push for harm reduction. We have a government that has been more pro-harm reduction than previous ones. And I think that's good not only for Sweden, but also for the EU to have a, a voice of reason in these talks. And I do hope that we can continue to be that and hopefully uh, reach common ground with others uh, that will make sure that we still allow vaping, we still allow flavors, we still allow white pouches and so on. And we see... Uh, hopefully a future in which more people leave smoking cigarettes and they will pick up other products like uh, a vape or a snooze. What, what a fantastic statement to end this podcast with. Thank you so much. That's, uh, I think, very, very positive outlook and a hopeful one. Um, I fully agree with you and we will do everything uh, we can to share the Swedish success story and hopefully Later this year, we hear that Sweden uh, reaches the, the, the smoke rate of below 5%, mm. uh, which would be another push, I think. Um, and then it will be impossible to ignore the Swedish success story. 
So with that, I would like to thank you for your time. I know you have a very busy schedule. Thanks for, for joining us. Uh, it was a great pleasure talking to you. Um, and as I said, I hope we will hear from you again when Sweden becomes smoke-free finally. <laughs> <laughs>